Would you like to know what the two most powerful words in the English language is? The two, these two words make or break. They determine where you end up in life. These two words determine who you spend your time doing. These two words determine what you become when you grow up, who you become, and how you show up every day. These two words determine what you feel on a day-to-day -day basis. They determine so much in your life is whether or not how you use these two words. These are the most powerful words that are making the biggest difference in your life. And we're going to be looking at this um, in this video, the two most powerful words in the English language. My name is Enoch Leffingwell, and here at the Army of Youth, we are passionate about helping young people to identify their unique talents and to dedicate them to Christ's service. If this is something that interests you, then I encourage you to follow us on social media, like us, and subscribe so that you can find more messages just like this one. So what are the two most powerful words in the English language? It is I am. I am. Because anything that you put after I am is makes a huge impact. Because I am is stating your identity. Who do you belong to? Who are you in Christ? 2 Corinthians 5.8 says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, not I live, but Christ liveth in me. So this, whether or not Christ is living in us or not, determines on this I am and it's what who you believe that you are because your this the, your identity your character if you will your thoughts and your feelings combined these this is what makes the biggest difference in your life and here's an example of how it how it plays out see here's a photo of me when I was 11 12 I was uh, 210 pounds I was I was uh, borderline diabetic high cholesterol um, I had a heart attack when I was about 12 years old, and it really was a rude awakening. Um, and you see my family here on the left. This is a family that I grew up with. It was a, my mother was a single parent. It was my sister who's three years older than me, and we, we, we grew up together. Um, but I wasn't really much of a family member. I was very selfish, very mean. I would, um, I would just always often keep to myself, or I would not listen to... Uh, to my mom or my sister and I would just I would cause uh, troubles and I was always um, uh, not just I was just being mean unnecessarily and I didn't really like how who I was I didn't like how I am and and I, I figured that because I was uh, born out of wedlock that maybe uh, I was a mistake that means I am a mistake or I made a bunch of mistakes so I'm a mistake and so if I'm a mistake I'm just going to keep on making mistakes and and I figured I'm a failure. I'm a mistake. I'm unworthy. I'm, um, I, 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 I'm, I'm broken. I'm, I had all of these different uh, beliefs that contributed to all the pain and the suffering that I had in myself. And truth is, hurt people hurt people. So I ended up hurting those around me um, because I am unlovable. I am um, un, unforgivable. I am 
Um, I am a, a, I mean, I've been called like the devil child by some, by one of my aunts. I've been called pure evil. I've been called all sorts of different names. And I, I was, I was bullied and picked on when I was uh, younger. So I started to accept or identify myself with the labels that people had given me. And this is who I believed that I was. And there was a few times that I, I tried to change. Um, but when I tried to change, I, I tried to take out the trash or do the dishes, that was, those were my chores, and try to contribute in the home. And then I'd make a mistake, and then, and then my sister, she would be really quick to see the mistakes and say, you know what, you're always the same way, you're not going to change, and it doesn't matter what you say, you're always going to be the same way, you, always, you keep doing the same things. And I, I was like, you know what, you're right, I am, I am mean, I am selfish, I am a mistake, I, I just, what, who am I trying to fool? Um, there's no sense of me trying to change this. Um, I, this is just stuck. This is who I am. I'm always going to be like this. And I, I believe that I was always destined to all this failure and pain. And so I just developed this extreme apathy. It was my way to cope with it. My, I mean, three words to describe my childhood pretty well is I don't care. I don't care about you. I don't care about me. I don't care about God. I don't care about authority. I don't care about rules. I don't care about consequences. I just, I don't care about life and just apathy. That's what got me through the day. And um, it, a lot of it had to do with these two words, I am. It wasn't until I began to understand my identity in Christ that everything changed for me. That this, once I understood my identity in Christ, then I began to understand how to change, how to make lasting change in Christ. See, there's a powerful verse in Philemon chapter 1 verse 6 and it says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every what good thing which is in who in you in Christ Jesus so God wants us to acknowledge the good things that are in you not not in your flesh not in you outside of Christ but when you abide in Christ your identity in Christ, God wants us to acknowledge. So outside of Christ, I am mean, but inside of Christ, I'm kind through Jesus who gives me strength. I am chosen by God. I am a child of God. I am loved of God. I am forgiven of God. I am made free by God. And when, when we can change our identity, when we can change Whatever we put after that I am, it makes all the, all the world a difference. Because when you really look at it, think of I am as like this, uh, like, a, like, a, like a line. Like you have this, um, whatever you put, you fill in the blank with I am will determine your destiny. It will determine the destination of your life. Where you show up five years from now. 10 years from now, 20 years from now, or in eternity. It is based on who you believe that you are. And every time you speak, I am, you're affirming your identity. If I am not a public speaker, then I, there's no way I'm going to be recording these things. If I am not uh, good at, at communicating my, uh, what I want to say, then there's no way I will, I'll speak or communicate, make known my wants, my needs. If if I am insignificant, then it doesn't matter 
what I say. My words don't matter. They don't change people. Then nobody wants to hear what I have to say. I'm insignificant. If I believe this limiting belief, this false idea, then, uh, then I will be silent. I'll be quiet. I'll keep to myself. And um, a lot of this uh, in our life, the opportunities we have or we don't have, is largely dependent upon our identity. But what's really powerful with these two words and your identity is that a lot of people believe that we're like a thermostat or, or a, thermo a thermometer. A lot of us, we believe we're like a thermometer. I am, and a thermometer uh, tells you the temperature based on the environment. The environment influences the thermometer and the thermometer will tell you based on what the circumstances are. But in reality, the truth is that you are more like a thermostat, meaning you set your temperature and the environment changes to match you what you set. And, and so if you set your thermometer at 72 degrees, then you're going to be 72 degrees where um, and, and that, that 72 degrees maybe for your relationships or with your finances where if you're 72 degrees with your finances and you have like 82 degrees where you get way more money than you, you handle or people win the lottery or they get an inheritance, what happens? Like the prodigal son, it snaps right back down to whatever their financial thermostat was set at. If I believe that money is the root of all evil, if money is bad, if money is evil and, and if, I, if I earn money then I'm going to depart from God then I'm not going to want any of that, right? I'm not going to want that in my life. Or um, then, uh, then I am going to, so then if my financial thermostat is set down lower, then I will never raise higher. My bank account will not increase above my financial thermostat. Or if I believe that this is a vehicle for serving the God, that the finances in the hands of God's people is food for the uh, hungry and clothing for the naked and and, and, and things for the poor or being able to advance the spreading of the gospel and with technology, with tools, with equipment or whatever, that, that finances is a gift from God that I'm a steward of and that it is God that gives us power to get wealth as Deuteronomy 8.18 says, then that financial thermostat will be able to handle a little bit more because of those financial beliefs. But it, you get to choose what your belief you have belief in the liberating truths of God's words that lifts the limits and allows you to raise your thermostat, your identity in Christ or limiting belief that are built on limiting lies that limit you in, in your life, your relationships, your health, your finances, or like if you, for instance, relationships. So if you set your relational thermostat at 72 degrees, then when you get more intimate or more trust or more connection or, or you get in, in a deeper relationship with others, you're like, whoa, then you start doing things that would sabotage it because your relational thermostat is at 72 and it's going deeper than what your, your beliefs allow. Where it's like, I can't be loved, I can't be trusted, I can't trust others, or um, people don't really care about me, or nobody can really be trusted, or they're only after one thing. And then it snaps back down. We sabotage our relationships, and it only allows us to go this far and no further. So uh, everything in life is based on our identity. It's one of the highest forms of change. It's one of the highest forms that dictates and determines the results in our life. Uh, the environments that we live in is influenced by your identity thermostat that you set. 
And it is by belief in the truth, in liberating truths, or belief in limiting beliefs, that um, that is what sets that thermostat and what that looks like. So I'll give you another example. Let's say I have a goal that I want to jog six days a week. I want to exercise. And if I um, and and hear all of your goals, and this is an example, but it applies to any goal, any desire, any prayer request that you have, any desired outcome in the future, whether that's to have devotions or whether that's to be a missionary or whether that's to work for God or whether that is however it is, your beliefs, all beliefs, are, all behaviors are belief driven. Any goal that you have, any desire you have, any prayer request that you're seeking for, maybe you're like praying for consistency to jog six days a week, then it, it's all based on what we believe. So if I have a goal to jog six days a week, um, but I'm not really a jogger and I'm just trying to change my behavior, then um, then what happens when it rains? When it's rainy, I'm going to look out the window and I'm like, ah, yeah, it's rainy. Huh. Well, I wanted to jog today, but it looks like I won't be able to jog this time. But let's say, what if I am a jogger? If I am a jogger, my identity is a jogger, I jog, then when it rains, I'm going to look out and be like, wow, what a perfect and beautiful rainy day to go jogging today, right? Because if that's your identity, then it doesn't matter whether it is snow or rain or sunshine or clouds, cold or hot, you're going to jog because you are a jogger. I had a, a neighbor um, that was an ultra marathon runner. And I saw that guy, he was, he was a runner. He's like, I'm an ultra marathon runner. I run. And it was like 5 a.m. It was snowy outside. He's just jogging away. And he would, he would teach us how to jog. It was fun. But I mean, it, the same thing applies. Your identity determines all of your behaviors. So if you feel that I'm not a public speaker or I'm not a singer or I, I am terrible at remembering names or I am not a jogger, whatever the case is, this is going to determine the results in your life. Like for many times, I, I struggled remembering people's names because I, um, because I often just continue to affirm that it's like, yeah, I'm bad at remembering people's names. And so what happened? I didn't remember people's names. That was my identity, but it wasn't my identity in Christ. So I had to change that. And I, I had to um, shift my beliefs regarding that. Now I am fascinated with people's names. I love to meet new people. I love hearing new things and, and get to understand their history and why they were named that. And, and it helps me to remember. Um, but that is, it's, it's your identity that, that makes um, that in life. So what is our identity? Our identity is uh, largely put in, in Proverbs 23, 7, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. There are two things that make up our identity. Number one is our thoughts plus our feelings equal our character. And our character is our identity. Your thoughts and feelings combined make up the moral character and your identity is your character. Uh, Hebrews 8 verse 10, the Bible says that God wants to write his laws, which is the transcript of his character, in our, our minds and in our hearts. That's in our thoughts and in our feelings. God is seeking to transcribe his character, his thoughts. He wants the Word of God, the liberating truths of God's Word, to be written on your very identity, 
who you are in Christ. And your identity is expressed, it is written, it is spoken in words um, of I am. Because Romans chapter 10 verse 16, the Bible says that um, faith comes by hearing and by hearing words. That every belief that you have is formed by the words you say. There's words you say to yourself. There's words you say to others. That the words you say are what shape your beliefs of who you are. And who you are in Christ, the liberating truth, or who you are outside of Christ, or who Satan says that you are. A lot of times, we think we're thinking, but we're not actually thinking, we're listening. There's a third party, there's another voice, there's another ear that is, uh, there's another voice speaking and whispering to our ear. And he says it, not saying that you are a mistake, you are stupid, or, or you are not a public speaker. He says, I am a mistake. I am, can't do anything right. I am not a public speaker. He masks, Satan masquerades his voice pretending to be you. And he sounds like you to make you think that it's your thoughts, but it's not your thoughts. It's the voice of an enemy. So we have to go to the word of God. As Exodus chapter four, even Moses said, I am not an eloquent speaker. When God was calling him out, uh, out uh, from a burning bush and he's saying, Moses, I've called you to be a deliverer. He's like, I'm not an eloquent speaker. It's like, surely not me. But God's like, look, say not like who made your mouth? Who will, who created you? I will give you the word to say. I am that I am. Jesus, God, is the one who would give you the words to say. Me? I'm not a public speaker outside of Christ. But in Christ, every man, woman, and child in Christ is promised that God will give them the words to say at just the right time. And they will be able to speak words in due season to him that is weary through Christ who gives them that gift. You might say that I'm a slow learner or I'm terrible with technology. I'm bad with technology. But if you have a vision, a lot of times we set our our thermostat. Maybe it's a technological thermostat, how you relate, how you identify with technology or new apps or programs or whatever it is. You might set it at 72, but you have a vision that involves leveraging technology to reach souls for Christ or a vision that wants to maybe you want to use an um online start an online business or an online ministry or an organization to serve people and so you realize that your vision is higher than your current identity so what you have to do is you have to raise your identity you have to accept and modify liberating truths of who you really are in Christ that if you want to reach souls with Je- for Jesus online you're not going to be able to continue saying i'm terrible at technology or i can't do this or i'm slow learner. You can't be saying these things if God is calling you to do things that you don't currently have. Or I don't like talking to new people. I'm bad at talking to strangers. You can't be saying this. These things are going to limit the possibilities, limit God's ability to use you through unbelief or strengthening belief in in limiting beliefs. When you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. When you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. But your identity in Christ is the identity of Christ. This is so powerful when you get this. Uh, I remember I was, I was working at an um, evangelism meeting over in Washington, D.C. And I overheard this Bible study that was going on. I wasn't really even part of it. But I just remember 
that there is, um, I believe it was Paul who was speaking to this, this lady and he was reading um, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. And he was saying, when Christ who is your life shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. When Christ is your life, Christ is your life. It doesn't say he will be your life or he is going to be your life. That Christ is your life. Your identity is in Jesus. And when he said that, I was like, whoa, what does that mean? What are the implications there? And that kind of got me started on this new understanding that realized, wait a second, that means who Christ is, that's who I am through faith, through believing. I could accept that today. It doesn't mean I'm learning. It doesn't mean I'm growing, that I'm, I'm going to. Today, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. This is present tense. Right now, by faith, we are a new creature in Christ. Um, but I see that, it, and it's when we change our belief, then our behaviors will follow. But we often focus on our behaviors and try to change all of our, our habits and actions and behaviors, but that's not what does it. It's the beliefs. All behaviors are belief-based. All behaviors are belief-based. Change the belief, change the behavior change the behavior, change the seed that is sown, and you change the harvest and the things that you reap in your relationships, your finances, your health, your understanding and education, your walk with God. It's all the beliefs and your identity with these, these different areas of life that makes it. So I'll give you an analogy that really helped me. It's like, imagine if you grew up only wearing orange sunglasses if that's the only thing that you've ever had and you had lenses that were orange your whole life, you would be, you'd grow up thinking your whole life that everyone has orange skin. You filter all of life's experiences through these lenses and in like manner, that orange lens is your identity. That you see, like, I'll say like, there's a lot of times we think, again, like that thermostat, the thermometer, we think that our identity is a thermometer and based on the events and experiences of life, that's who we are. But in reality, we're a thermostat. Whether you realize it, that's a different question. But those who do realize it, they realize, whoa, this is what's going on. And, and I, I'm, I'm showing you right now how God created you. And hopefully you can unlock and open the potential and possibilities that you have in Christ. So when you, um, everything in life, your identity is like that lens and you could see everything orange and everything is tinted with the identity um, that you have. But, um, and all the experiences that you see will be traced back to that identity until you change your identity, then you'll change the experiences that you see in life and you'll, you'll view it through a new lens, but it's your identity. Change your identity, change your life. Upgrade your identity and upgrade your life. You will do. So uh, I'll give you an example. Here's an example. So um, one of our students, Tina, uh, she, is, she shared that she's like one of her greatest limiting beliefs and identity She's like, it was that I'm not a public speaker or, or I am not good at communicating the things that are on my mind. And she shared this testimony of how um, her mother, uh, her mother, when she was a small child, um, saw that she had a difficult time here or there. And she's like, you know what, Tina, you're just like me. 
you and I, we struggle with expressing ourselves to others. And we have a difficult time communicating our thoughts. And from a young age, the, the mother formed and impressed this identity on, on Tina. And Tina grew up with this belief, these orange glasses, thinking that she has a very difficult time to communicate and express um, to others. And so what she did when she came here as a student, we gave her opportunity to speak, to help, to teach, to share. And I remember the first time I invited her to speak at prayer meeting, she's like, oh, I, I'm not a public speaker. But then she did it anyways because God was working in her life. And she spoke so clearly, so precisely and, and with enthusiasm, with conviction, with understanding. I'm like, that was like better than the first 30 sermons that I preached. I'm like, I am continually shocked at how many times people are like, I'm not a public speaker. And the first time they speak, it's like they knock it out. And I'm like, whoa, I wasn't even close to being like that when I first started. If you saw my first sermon, oh, like I, I, I am embarrassed of, of that. I was like stuttering. I was flipping a pen. I kept dropping it. I, I was literally reading this script from someone else who I had listened to. And I was, I was like preaching the exact same thing, totally out of character. And if I'd lose my place, I'd like, I'd be like making weird noises in the microphone, like... And, and just not even being aware that it's like going off into the speakers. It was so embarrassing. I tried to speak for like an hour and 40 minutes, but it ended up being like two hours and a half because I, I ran out of time, but I had more material. And I didn't know how to stop. So I was like, I just kept going. And it was just, it was intense. It was embarrassing. But uh, people see me today and they're like, oh, you were always like that. Like, I'm not a public speaker. You are. You're naturally gifted. I'm like, naturally gifted? Do you know how many sermons I've, I've struggled through? You know how much like, like I, I, feedback I've got? It's like, Enoch, when you preach, you sound very monotone. And, and, it's, like, and it's hard to follow. Your, your ideas are disconnected and, and it doesn't make sense. And, and I'm like, whoa, after like 50 sermons, I've never gotten feedback. And now you're telling me, I'm like, thank you. I don't want to be monotone. I don't want to be disconnected. And so by learning and getting feedback, it's like after 300, 400 messages, yeah, that's, that's natural talent and natural ability, but it's effort, it's strength. I mean, I wasn't naturally gifted like that. I was a video gamer. I didn't talk to people. I was not socially equipped like that. So this is all learned by the grace of God. But this is what Tina's struggle was, is that she believed that I'm not a public speaker, so I can't share with other people. So now she has this vision, right? So her thermostat's at like, she, her thermostat's are like 65 degrees and she has a vision that's higher, like 75 degrees where she loves music. She loves to sing and, and uh, but she feels that other people can sing better than her. She feels that she's not a public speaker. She's not someone to be in front and she doesn't like doing that. Uh, or or she, she's not able to express herself very well. But in reality, she's clear, she's concise, she makes sense. And when people listen to her, they understand, they come closer to Christ and His Word, and they're encouraged to see her. She's getting opportunities to now speak at, to some other women's Bible studies. And is she's been developing Bible workers and training trainers and influencing influencers, leading leaders. But she still is struggling with like, ah, I'm not a public speaker. I don't know how to do this or I have a difficult time communicating. She realizes this is a limiting belief that's deeply embedded in her identity. And she's believed it a lie for so long. 
But it doesn't matter how long she's believed a lie, it doesn't make it any more true. And she realizes that in Christ she has a new identity. But now she has this vision, so her thermostat's like at 65 degrees, but her vision's at like 75 degrees. And, and in order to reach this vision of recording songs, of singing and sharing messages that have transformed her life and being able to use her voice, her song, her instruments, a piano and guitar as a means of spreading the gospel, she needs to increase, upgrade her identity in Christ. She needs to believe more liberating truths about who she is. And as she's going through this, you can see on the, on the screen, and now she's posting on Facebook. Now she's going and people are sharing it. They're loving the music. They're being blessed. And she's sharing concisely. She's putting together messages and she's sharing her testimony. People are being inspired. She's reaching people I never could reach because she has a ministry that I could never do. And I don't, I, I'm not trying to do, but that's the power of evangelism, the body of Christ, about our identity. Those these I am statements. Now she realizes that I am a singer, I am a speaker, I am a communicator, I am a leader. In Christ Jesus, she changed her identity, and now she's changed now her behavior follows her beliefs. You see the difference here? We focus on the behavior. And it doesn't work and we get frustrated why we don't change like me trying to be kind and take out the trash and change different when i was a child but it, it never was lasting change until i f i focused on the real battle and that was my belief now i am kind i am caring i am genuinely interested in others through christ who gives me that love who gives me that care and interest but it was once accepting the identity in Christ, the I am, that determines our destiny. That determines our decisions that really shape because it's in the moment of decision that our destiny is shaped. So my encouragement to you friends is to take a look at what are these identifying statements, these limiting beliefs that you've held that are just not found in your identity in Christ and go search, study the word of God. What does God say about who you truly are? What does God say about these limitations. Do you have a vision? Do you have a dream? Do you have a goal or a desire or an idea of how you want to work for God or what you want to do, but you're not sure how to do that and you realize that there's some insecurities and limitations that you're trying to fight with through and persevere through it and try to overcome and you realize that you need to upgrade your identity, but you're like, how do I find this? How do I understand where to go? Well, I've put together a free gift for you. And in this free gift is a four-part training. You can see it on the screen of uh, four secrets to make your devotions irresistibly interesting. And this will show you exactly how you can trace your limiting beliefs through the Word of God, find liberating truths, and see, find your specific identity in Christ on specific experiences, specific things in the Word of God. So the Word of God becomes so practical, so relevant and meaningful to your everyday experience. And as you go through this four-part uh, mini course, this free training, I think you'll love it. Um, it has helped many of our students. You just go to the website, thearmyofyouth.com forward slash devotions, and you can start finding liberating truths today. It's again, thearmyofyouth.com forward slash devotions. And this will show you how you too can make your devotions irresistibly interesting and you can find the power of the two most powerful words in the English language. 
Um, and, and I want to share with you that if you thought this video was a blessing, if you enjoyed this in any way, then go share this video with someone else. Let them know too that there is victory in Jesus. And um, remember friends, that God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called.